Do you love bees? Do you know that your own career could revolve around bees? And I'm not only talking about beekeeping. You can be a bee veterinarian and a bee pathologist. Rosa Maria Licon, you are a researcher in bee pathologist and you're a conservationist. Is that correct? That's correct. That means I care about bees, their health, and I'm also a conservationist. So uh, it, uh, it means also that I protect the bees, wild and domestic. When did you realize that you were so passionate about bees? When I was studying veterinary medicine, back then I wasn't that uh, interested, but that was the first time I got in contact with bees. And then uh, here in Europe, because I, I, I was studying veterinary medicine in Mexico, then I came to Europe and I heard about colony collapse disorder. And then I decided to become a, a bee pathologist training in a veterinary school in France. So colony collapse disorder, what is that? It's a combination of different problems that affect bees. It's related to climate change, to um, lack of um, nourishment, impact of, of the environment, uh, pesticides, uh, bacterial diseases, uh, you name it, all It's a combination of problems. It's a multifactorial issue. So the apitherapy that you that you propose is it um, something that is good for humans, or it, what does it consist of? Okay, let me start from the beginning. I was a medical researcher in Germany, and my topic was a disease that affects humans. It's multiple sclerosis. And this disease uh, is treated also with uh, bee venom. So I went to a, a apitherapy conference, and um, yes, I, I saw the, the the usage of bee venom for different problems, especially that one. So it reduces the the pain of of the patient. And um, so then I, I, I say, okay, uh, we can use the products of the hive. Also, you know, royal jelly and pollen and beeswax and all those products to, to uh, help human patients. And then I said, well, who is taking care of bees health? And that's when I decided to, to enroll in a training for veterinarians. Hmm. So there is such a training for veterinarians. Yes, that's uh, only one school in France that um, offers this uh, specific training. So this, I was very lucky that I could enroll in that, that school. Are there any other schools in the rest of Europe or in the United States that you're aware of? Well, there are other trainings, but you need to be um, a biologist, a scientist, and then you do uh, research. Okay, so you need to have a basic um, education, be it a veterinarian, and then you can basically specialize in, in, in bees. Yes, so uh, there are three 
areas where you can specialize uh, about bees. One is as a veterinarian, so you take care of bees' health. Another one is uh, as a researcher, so you, you can study many, many different aspects about bees. Could be health, could be genetics, could be uh, nutrition, and so on. And another area we, which I haven't mentioned yet is becoming a professional beekeeper. So you, you need to uh, study about three years. And uh, to be a professional beekeeper, you need to have at least 150 hives. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, so anyone can do that. There are many, many schools to become a beekeeper. Yeah. Um, in Switzerland, you need three years. So, so anybody, anyone can do that. And so why should we, you know, uh, be attentive and, and about the bees? How can bees affect our lives so much? Well, uh, we hear a lot about bees now, and that's really justified, you know, because without bees, 90% of plants with flowers cannot get pollinated. And from those 90% of flowers, many, many produce food. So we wouldn't have like 70% of our food arriving to our plates. So it's really, really important that we protect not only honeybees, but all type of bees and other pollinators like uh, butterflies and many, many insects insects that pollinate. So that's one of the reasons. Other reasons are, you know, ecological, because we, we need vegetation, right? Yeah. Many animals are herbivores. They need plants to eat. And then the herbivores are the food for carnivores and so on. So the food chain is is there. So we really, really need the the, the bees and those are the main pollinators and also the other pollinators we need we need to protect so they do play a, a very important role and what you were saying about who's taking care of their health i find it uh, very very interesting because it's true when you're a beekeeper i guess this is all about um, honey production and you know the production around what the bee can produce, right? So, so and also wax and so forth. But in terms of health, which is what you're, you have specialized in, what would be your daily work? As a beekeeper, we wait until the spring because they are in a very passive mode. They don't sleep the, like the bears. They don't hibernate, but but they, they are kind of... Um, inside the hive, feeding on the honey that they saved for the winter. And once we have above uh, 15 degrees, they will come out and start uh, foraging, getting nectar and pollen from flowers. So that's why the spring is uh, their time, you know, when they come out. So right now I'm not doing much, but once uh, they are active, I will check the hive, see if Number one, if they're alive, because there is a lot of mortality, about 30% of the hives die during the winter. And then once I check that they're in fact alive, I will check the, the health situation, if they're uh, healthy, no infections and so on. Uh, if they have 
some food because sometimes in spring we have a uh, bad weather if it's raining or so they they don't go out so they i might need to feed them and then um once they start really going out getting nectar and, and pollen i need to add um, a super so they start collecting nectar and transforming it into honey and check for parasites and treat them if necessary and enjoy the season of beekeeping, which is really, really something that I recommend. It's really exciting to work with bees. <laughs> when you're feeding them, what do you bring? Flowers so that they, they can pollinate or how do you feed them? What does it mean? No, we, we don't bring, bring them flowers. What we do is <laughs> we, we give them some uh, syrup. Uh, that means sugar with water because that's what they need mostly. Of course, nectar is, is even better because there you have some vitamins and minerals and other nutrients that you don't have in sugar, but at least they won't starve, you know, if you give them some some extra food like sugar, liquid form or, or in a solid form. As you say, it, I mean, it seems, seems to be a seasonal work. So when you're a beekeeper, so can you actually uh, earn your living from working with bees? Yes, um, not so easy though, because they have so many problems, as I mentioned in the beginning. But if you have a like um, good number of honey uh, beehives, uh, you might earn your life out of uh, selling the honey, propolis, uh, beeswax, pollen, and um, royal jelly, bee venom, all those products, uh, they might be a good source of income for the beekeeper. Also, if you teach about bees in schools, there's a lot of demand that children want to know how the colony uh, develops and uh, why they are important, why honey is not the most important service that we get or product from the honeybee, uh, but pollination and all those things um, are very, very important to, you know, inform to the people, to children and the general public. Going back to your academic background, you how many years uh, did you study veterinary? That was five years of a bachelor's degree, then a master's degree in ecology, PhD in medical research, and one year of a B specialization. Okay, the one you did in France. Right. So that's quite a lot of years. I mean, the PhD is not obligatory, I guess. No, I went, uh, you know, I changed fields several times. You can go straight to the specialization after becoming a veterinarian. But the ecology uh, training I did is quite related. And medical research is also, you know, it's been different, but related at the same time. What were the hardest times of your career? Beekeeping, bee pathology, because that's when I connected with nature. I, I had been working in a laboratory uh, doing basic 
medical research, you know. Uh, and then when I started beekeeping, I realized that climate change is affecting nature in general, and it's getting worse with time. So it's accelerating. And when you work directly with animals, with plants, you see that we are in a really difficult situation. So that was very hard for me to see, you know, that there are less and less flowers. There is drought and um, yes, this this is very clear when you work uh, outside. When you leave the, the screen aside in, in the lab and, and work, work in the field. But you want to keep doing it. So even if it's hard, you that's that's what you want to continue, right? Yes. Um, as I mentioned, my aim is not to produce honey. This is the standard beekeeping goal, yeah. you know, to produce honey, but to uh, inform about the importance of bees, to do conservation, participate in in rewilding programs you're able to preserve nature and to uh, restore it and that's all related to to bees and and uh, conservation in general that's my main aim and uh, in order to do that we created an association called the wild bees project so this is a binational uh, project that, that we have between switzerland and france so you're invited to to see our website because that's uh, where we describe our our work and uh, we get more and more people involved and that's very nice to see. Beautiful. Have you had different um, careers during your life? I started as a, as a veterinarian. Then I um, I worked with different species uh, of domestic animals like uh, rabbits and uh, uh, cats and dogs in the clinic. And uh, and then I did some basic research virology that was to do biological control of rabbits in Australia. Because as you know, there are too many rabbits over there. And that took me to basic research in uh, viral immunology. Then I came to Europe with Germany for postdoc and then to France to work in the industry. And that's where I, I got connected to animal work again with the bees. One of the most satisfactory areas has been teaching in schools about bees. Children love it and they learn very quickly. So as a teacher, that was one of my favorite activities. That's beautiful. Are there any legends or myths uh, of this job as a beekeeper, a bee researcher? <laughs> yes. The one kind of a myth is that in order to protect bees, you need to become a beekeeper. That's really wrong because uh, um, now beekeeping became kind of a fashion and we have too many hives. So they're competing for food uh, with other uh, solitary bees, uh, wild bees that nobody protects because there is no economical interest. So then uh, if you want to 
to protect the bees, if you want to save them, learn about the wild bees. There are about 600 species of wild bees in Switzerland, about 1,000 species in France, 20,000 species in, your, in the whole world. So it's a very large area. There's so much to learn. You know, all those um, bumblebees, there are about 40 species in France. It, so it's a lot to learn and we need to keep the balance. We, we shouldn't have too many honeybees around. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Also the, the butterflies and other um, pollinators don't have enough enough food because there are too many honeybees. So that's a myth that uh, we need to, you know. And talking about balance, that makes me think of the concepts of, of vegans who say we don't want to eat the honey because it comes from the bees. What is your knowledge about this? Does it hurt, you know, the world of the bees to use their honey? Honeybees have been selected to, to produce honey, right? So they, they produce an excess amount of honey and that's what the beekeeper collects. They need honey over winter. So when, when in the, we have the snow, cold weather, they need to have some food as a you know, a reserve in, in their hive. So we shouldn't collect too much honey, only what they don't need anymore. Because once uh, there is a spring here, they won't use that extra honey that remains in the hive. So if we don't exploit them in, a, in an excessive way, we only use the, the surplus of, of honey, then it's okay. Okay, that's good to know from an expert <laughs> that we're not uh, making them suffer. <laughs> and uh, how about the prerequisites? Can can anybody aspire for this job? You need to enjoy uh, nature. You shouldn't be afraid of bees. You shouldn't be allergic to bee stings, bee venom. That's really important. So you need to have a test done in a laboratory. Of course, we get protection, uh, so we're not stung. But um, yeah, basically that you need to like working outside and uh, nature and not be allergic. <laughs> not be allergic. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And on that note, I want to thank you so much for telling your story. Um, definitely original and uh, very inspiring because it shows that there is a career and to preserve the life of bees and, and they're an important element in, in the ecosystem and in our lives for sure. So thank you. And I hope that many more will, will start their career in protecting bees. Talking with Rosa Maria reminded me of how many diverse and beautiful options we have in our lives for our own professional career. If you have a career you want to share with our listeners, write me at jobtalespodcast at gmail.com. Bye for now.